Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. At long last, we met the man who will lead the EMU basketball program last week. And now it's your chance to hear from him exclusively here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. I'm Alex Jewell. What a show we have today. We get to hear in a lengthy conversation with Stan Heath, who last week was named the 30th men's basketball coach in Eastern Michigan history. Uh, a long time coming back home for Stan. We get to hear from him and we touch any kind of topic and every kind of topic you can think of, Alex. This is really the one-stop shop for getting to really start to know Stan Heath, not only the basketball coach, but the person, somebody who was born and raised in this part of the state in Detroit, came to Eastern Michigan for college, went through an incredible progression in coaching, and is now back here. And Greg, he really feels like this is where he's supposed to be at this point in his life. And I'll tell you what, the energy that we felt just talking to Coach Heath was infectious. And I think it's something the listeners will be able to pick up on all of the great things that he plans to do here at Eastern. And he's been on the job less than a week, but I'll tell you, he's already got detailed plans and he goes into some of those and talks very specifically about them. So a very good opportunity to hear from Coach Heath, hear about his dream for the program and how he plans to get there. And it's really just an exciting time if you're a basketball fan at Eastern Michigan. Well, when you've been the head coach at Kent State, you've been the head coach at Arkansas, and you've been the head coach at South Florida, you kind of have a plan that you've you've been able to follow. That helps. It helps for Eastern Michigan fans to know and trust that the man leading their program has been there before. He's guided teams from rebuilding to championship counts caliber teams to the NCAA tournament. So that should make you feel good. We talked to him about that. We talked to him really about some moments and some things he misses on campus. For you and I, we we live Eastern Michigan every day. But when you haven't been around and on campus in 22 plus years, you take for you forget about how important it is to people when they come back home. He literally says one of the first things that he and his wife did were go back to the same place that they met when they were undergrads. You'll hear that as part of this episode. And I think it's telling to know that uh, if you're an Eastern fan, he bleeds green and white, much like you do. And that should give a lot of people some massive comfort uh, in as this program gets rebuilt. Yeah, he tells you all those stories and it's the type of person that's committed and they don't have to tell you how committed they are, Greg. You just know based on the way they talk. I mean, right off the cusp, you mentioned he has not been back in years and that's because his coaching journey is taking him, taking him along the way. But he's the first person to tell you he wants to be fully integrated back into this campus. He wants people to have the same feeling and connection to the university that he has. And he's going to provide that for student athletes, coaches, students on campus alike. So this is not just a basketball hire, Greg. This is a university hire. And 
you can rest assured that Stan Heath will do everything he can to not only make sure that his group of student athletes are here on campus ready to win and impact the community, but he's going to do everything he can to make he can to make sure all of the student athletes on campus, as well as all of the students around campus, feel connected to his program and they feel the pride in being a part of something special. You mentioned it's a university hire. We get also the thoughts from Scott Weatherby, the vice president and director of athletics, as he gets the chance to sit down with Tom Helmer for a, a 10 minute exclusive interview to talk about the hiring process, how things came to be. And really, for Scott, we know he's hired a baseball coach. We know he's hired volleyball coaches and lacrosse coaches. But this is the first one of this magnitude for Scott. And Tom and he go a lengthy discussion on that process as well. Well, it's something that everybody's interested in, right? I mean, when you and I, our biggest dilemma every day is usually what we're going to eat for lunch. And having to make that tough decision is sometimes too much for us. But to have to pick the next leader who is one of the faces of the athletic department is a a very stressful decision. And something that Scott knows not only weighs on the program, but as we said, it really does affect the whole department. So if you're someone who's like me and really... I've worked in athletics now for for a little while. You have worked in athletics for a long time. But even for us, it's just interesting to hear about some of that process. What goes on? What are you looking for as an athletic director? How do you go about that? And Scott does a great, great job of getting detailed about that. Of course, you can read a little bit more about it, too, in some of the releases that we've put out. And he's been very open. If you haven't gone back and watched the press conference, that's a good way to hear from him as well. But always sitting down, of course, with Tom Helmer, the voice, the play-by-play voice of EMU men's and women's basketball, does a great job to get some of those answers for you out of Scott. And Scott, one of the great things about him, Greg, is we know he's an open book. He's very transparent. He will tell you just about everything he's allowed to tell you. So a great look inside his brain, the leader of the department, on what he was looking for and how he came to the decision to hire Stan Heath here as the 30th men's basketball coach. We spend a lot of time talking basketball on this show this week. And don't forget, you have your opportunity to talk with the former head coach of Eastern Mission coming up on Tuesday night. It's a conversation with former head coach Ben Braun, brought to you by uh, Marty Schickman and company on campus as part of the uh, Jewish Institute on campus. That'll be coming up on Tuesday. And it's a busy week once again, as Lots of sports are rounding out their season, putting a bow on it. Women's golf will do so this weekend as they'll head to Akron to get ready for the upcoming MAC championships this Friday and Saturday. Track will be in action in a couple spots. They'll be in action in Hillsdale, but then they also get to send a team to sunny Florida to go to UCF. We have tennis. They're winding down their regular season. And then baseball's back at home. You and I are back out in the home run hunt this weekend, as it's the Rockets of Toledo coming north. It'll be an exciting weekend for all things EMU Athletics. As you mentioned, a lot of teams in action. Of course, Greg, you can always go to emueagles.com to check in on all of your teams, how they're doing, and the latest updates. You can, of course, also follow our teams, their individual accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Of course, EMU Athletics is the main athletics account where you can get all that information as well. You mentioned it on the home front. We do have baseball this weekend, so a great chance to get out to O-Strike Stadium. The weather is supposed to be great. I probably just jinxed it. I'm sorry if I did say that it's like extra innings don't (laughs) mention it well free baseball is always a good thing especially when you're rooting for radio and like you said radio and the the stream is something we do have this weekend so if you're looking to watch some baseball they played a really good series against ball state this past weekend so a lot of entertainment coming your way this weekend greg but before that of course now it's time to hear from stan heath 
Tom Helmer, Scott Weatherby about EMU men's basketball and all things that you can expect. So I think we've talked enough. Remember to check in on this episode. Sit down with Ben Braun tomorrow on Tuesday if you can and enjoy a great week on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. Scott, first off, it's got to be a huge relief for you that this is in the rearview mirror now. And not only that, you hit a home run with Stan Heath. Yeah, I'm real excited. And it's been a it's been a long three, three and a half weeks and more so for our student athletes. You know, you're trying to make a quick decision and, and let them know who their next coach is. And they're trying to make decisions uh, as well. So and I feel like we checked all the boxes. You know, I talked about it a little bit in the press conference of he hit all the things that our student athletes look for, what our um, former players were looking for. And then just having that connection back to the university is huge and met his wife here and um, played here. I mean, it, those things, it just the stars aligned and I'm just it's kind of like I'm ready to take a deep breath and uh, get a little break, um, but I'm sure he's going to have me on my toes right away to get moving, put his staff together, and, and get ready for next year. It's hard not to be energized by what he said, not only talking about we're going to win, we're going to win quickly, but talking about alumni, bringing them back into the fold, putting butts in the seats. I mean, everything he said is so positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've even seen it in the text messages from former players that I had not heard from since I've been here. And now they're reaching out saying, how can I help? And my answer is just come back, be around, come to a practice, um, get to know, you know, whether they know Coach Heath um, or know, even know our student athletes, just being around. And he does, he brings this excitement and then his basketball IQ is off the charts. I mean, that's one thing that impressed me is I want somebody that's going to be, you know, games on the line we can draw up plays and we know exactly you know and spend there done that and he has and so that's where i'm i'm really excited as well but you're right there's just this this there's a different kind of energy when you have somebody that's been here he's very very well connected and he wants that he wants people to come back and be a part of our program because that's they're a big piece of it through it all and of course ben braun who's a legend here at eastern michigan played a role in this, at least in, in someone you could bounce ideas off of. What was it like having discussions with him as far as this job search went? Yeah, I, I reached out to him pretty early on. You know, I met with the players, I met with some donors, and then I met with our uh, former student athletes. Uh, and then I co- called Coach Braun after that and, and just said, you know, here, these are the types of things that I'm hearing um, as far as characteristics and attributes and um, are these the boxes that I should be checking? And, and then certainly um, different names. He's still very well connected throughout the, the industry. And, um, you know, he obviously has a lot of Eagle connections and Huron connections and, um, you know, willing to share uh, about all of them. And uh, so it was great. And, you know, up till uh, we offered Stan the job, uh, he was right there in the mix and having phone calls with me. And uh, so it was good just to have somebody uh, like that to I'm not, I mean, I, I, I feel like I know basketball, but I don't know it like Coach Braun does. And then he really cares about Eastern, so I know he wouldn't steer me wrong because he wants it to be successful and, and um, is excited for us. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate his help. 
please tell me you have Gervin in your phone as Iceman. Yes, I do, actually, <laughs> of course. And, uh, you know, I got to meet George about two years ago and got to play golf with him. And he's just so humble. And, um, you know, people were actually even at the golf course asking to take pictures with him still. And he's like, hey, they still remember me. Um, but just a great guy. And um, he was excited about the process. And I just am I'm thankful he understood Zoom to be able to help us and get on the Zooms and, and do the interviews. And I got his feedback and Earl Higgins as well. And I think, you know, a lot of the candidates through this were just couldn't believe they got to talk to Iceman. So that was pretty, pretty cool uh, just seeing their reaction to that. Um, and again, a lot of people didn't know he went to school at Eastern. And so I think that was a really big plus for us as well. That I mean, we're, we mean business. We are a school that has had really good basketball tradition, and we just got to get that back. From an AD perspective, how bad does your phone blow up? Rob Murphy moves on for you. This must have been a, just like a, a telethon over the last three weeks. Yeah, and I would say, you know, if there's one thing that I'm, I get frustrated by um, of not having a search firm is that is that element of it, um, because your cell phone gets to people and you're like, where are they calling from? How did they get my number? They all have an opinion. Uh, they all are trying to sell on somebody you hear from head coaches. Um, that want you to um, give their assistant a chance. And I don't know if they're trying to get them off their staff or what right. their, you know, what their intentions are, if they're truly trying to help them. And, um, and so my Rolodex got really, uh, I added a lot of really good phone numbers and really popular people that people would be excited if they knew who I was talking to. And um, so that, that part of it's exciting. It's great, you know, personally to get to know other coaches um, and to get feedback from them. And, and then again, trying to, they're an outsider, you know, getting their opinion on things and what I should be looking for and what's the kind of the hot thing right now. And obviously the, the whole NBA style and fast pace and, you know, pick and rolls and, and, and setting up and running defenses where you take people outside of the middle of the court. And so I've learned a lot through that process and talking to the coaches to really understand what we're looking for. Um, and so that was, that, that part was great. So my, my Rolodex is pretty good now. <laughs> and if you're an EMU fan, at least things that stuck out to me, quick strike offense, uh, the zone defense is done. You're going to see a, a different type of defense out there. But Stan Heath talked about needing the EMU community to come out and support this team. Need fans in the stands, need to make noise, need to get this basketball program and this venue back to the way it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, this is one of those that we're just we're calling all fans, you know, current and former. You know, some that maybe haven't been around the program, come give us a chance and then see um, how welcoming it is. Uh, we get very creative. We're very fan affordable. You know, we try to get around um, it, where a family of four can come and have a good time and be very entertained. And now the product on the court uh, hopefully will resemble that, too. Um, you know, we get whether it's a Star Wars night or we have glow night or whatever it is, we're trying to get people to come in, get our community involved. We try to do a lot of touch points in the community where we're not asking for anything. They just we want them to see that though we're here, we're trying to help, and and vice versa, we want them to come to games and and start to fill this up. So I'm hopeful that they get excited that they have somebody that went to school here and and got their education, met their wife here, um, is going to bring a, a fun style, 
uh, that our student athletes are excited to be around. And then by giving back, you know, buy season tickets and, and come around and show up. And, and we have inflatables for kids. I mean, we're just we're trying to do all those things where maybe some of the other institutions in the state, you know, you're going to pay a lot more and, and you won't get the um, same value that we can offer. And so that, those are the things that we've got to continue to focus on. And I think Coach Heath is going to do a great job getting out there and letting people know that we, we want you to come be a part of it. Season tickets might be the smartest buy right now because this bandwagon is going to load up quick. He's not looking to win three, four years from now. He wants to win right now, and he wants to make this a perennial NCAA tournament team yeah well, without a doubt I mean he, his expectations and I mean he's taken Kent State to the elite eight and won 30 games I mean he's the only coach in Mac history to win 30 games in the season so I mean it's a, a phenomenal um, accomplishment and he did well at Arkansas and South Florida I mean he took South Florida's only run to the NCAA tournament was when while he was the head coach and and so we're looking to regain that and we can do it quickly with the way the transfer portal is now and and then just the way um, people are getting extra years of eligibility because of COVID yeah. And then we've got a good nucleus, uh, nucleus here, uh, and we got to just kind of re-recruit our team here and see see who's staying. And so we are we're gonna we're gonna win now. And so join the bandwagon, get get your season tickets. We've got um, you know right now we're doing like a thirty dollar deposit. Just lock it in, and then it just to me it shows Coach E to go out to recruits and say, look, we've already sold you know two hundred season tickets or three hundred whatever that number is. Just let them know like people are excited now and, and are ready to give back. And that's that's one way of supporting the program uh, and then just coming out and, and talking positive and, and, you know, getting the message out that, Hey, they've got it right. And I'm going to support them and spread the word and, and make that happen. So I like about Stan, he's got, he's got a marketing arm to him. He's like, yep. I could picture him out on campus handing out tickets to students or yep. doing whatever yep. he wants people in this arena. And the great thing about this arena, and I've seen them all in the conference, you are right on top of the action here. This is a yep. great place to watch basketball. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the sight lines are incredible, but the noise level can be really good. If we if we can get people to come out uh, and, and, and uh, cheer us on, and it can be a really good home court advantage. And so we've, we've got to figure out how to take care of that. Um, we may be giving out Heath Bars. I mean, I love we, it. We, you know, I, I <laughs> joked with him that, you know, his name's really Stanley and, you know, Flat Stanley with all the kids that they send it around. Yeah, we may yeah. come up with a Flat Stanley and send a Heath Bar. And I mean, we could have so much fun. I mean, we got our marketing minds on and we're going to meet with him uh, tomorrow to really start mapping out game plans and how are we going to get on campus to get students to come and be involved. I told them I celebrated Monday night with a uh, Heath Bar Blizzard. You know, I mean, we're just let's have some fun with it. And then we're saying, yeah, bring the Heath. I mean, let's oh, let's go. Man, I love it. Listen, so, you you yeah. you may have not had the marketing meeting yet, yeah. but it's all we're snowballed. All, yeah, we're, I like everywhere we're, it's we're, going. We're, we're ready to go. And we're, we're just I am just excited. I mean, it's been a relief, but we I feel like we got the right person, the right fit at the right time. And I just hope everybody recognizes that and rallies around him. And it's not about me. It's about him and our student athletes. And I, th I think we're going to be really successful and we're going to do it really quickly. Scott, I think you hit a home run. Congratulations. This is a great hire. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. All right. Scott Weatherby, athletic director. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics.
the 30th head coach in Eastern Michigan basketball history. Stan Heath, welcome back home. How good does it feel to be an Eagle after being a year on and, and back inside Ypsilanti once more? Uh, I'm still pinching myself a little bit. Uh, I'm so excited. And I tell you what, um, and every time I talk to a former teammate or a former player and if they just say, you know, congrats or whatever it may be, it just, you know, it just touches me. And, uh, uh, you know, I just, I feel at home. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been around campus a little bit and I've seen some of the new things that like, wow, you know, just kind of eye popping, uh, you know, you see a student center or, you know, some of the new housing things that we have on campus, obviously the facilities and things like that. But then I look back and say, oh, that's best hall. It hasn't changed. Pittman hasn't <laughs> changed. I stayed there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting when you, when you see it and pray Harold is still pray Harold, but, um, no, I, I, I am thrilled to be here and, um, can't wait to, to continue to get going. How long had it been since uh, probably was it since your Kent State days that, that you'd been time. on campus last? last time. Yeah. And, and before that, it was probably the same amount of time. It, it was it was a while. So that's 2002. 2002. This yeah. building was still in its infancy, meeting the Convocation right. Center. So you've had good memories it, it coming in as a player at Bowen Fieldhouse. What was it like to play at Bowen? Oh, Bowen used to rock. You know, it was it was a, you know. Smaller, smaller venue, obviously. And, and so, and it was right on campus. So a lot of the students could just pop in and, you know, people just, just pop in and, um, you know, it was intimate. So the building could make a lot of noise and I thought it had a nice home court advantage to it as well, too. Uh, but, uh, I enjoyed Bourne. Uh, it was, you know, at that time it, it was, it was, you know, considered, oh, that's pretty nice facility right. well you know and nowadays if it was a recruit they would look at it and say, hey that's a track and field place with, <laughs> with a court in it what are we doing you know coach it's interesting you know greg and i were talking about it a little bit i mentioned it to you that all three of us sitting in this conversation are alums of the university so that's something we have in common and i hear you talk about Pittman hall i used to live there as well wow. and so the building looks the outside on the same to you i can guarantee you that the inside probably looks the exact same <laughs> as when you were living there too because my decor when i was a freshman in college was uh was certainly straight out of out of the 80s but well know. i get i get the problem i lived in jones jones doesn't jones. Even, isn't even open anymore <laughs> that shows how old i am yeah exactly you know and it, it's interesting for you too because not only do you have the eastern michigan tie but you have the state of michigan tie as well you grew up right down the road went to high school in detroit so it, interested to know too how much of your experiences growing up in this kind of Southeast Michigan region, having that blue collar feel yeah. has impacted your life as you've, as you've gone through and gotten into basketball and, and now have been in coaching for the greater part of your life. Oh, you know, this is home and um, you know, I, I Detroit, Michigan, uh, the Midwest, that's my roots. That's, that's who I am. Um, I think we all know, you know, if you live in these, these parts, uh, you, you've got to work. You've got to grind. Um, you know, you've got to be able to deal with with ups and downs and things like that. Um, you know, our, our our parents were very firm on us as well too. They pushed education, they pushed hard work, and treating people the right way. So um, that's that's all instilled in me. Uh, nothing's changed. Um, the only thing that's changed is um, you know I get a little bit colder now here than than I used to because I think your blood changes when you live in Florida. But other than that, you know, this is this is me, and it always has been, and always been a big part of me. We've talked a lot in the last couple of days since the announcement about your coach experience in basketball and mentioned too that of course you played here but everybody's interested to know too how you got into the sport and and kind of what it was that that got you into basketball and why you've stayed so yeah. long that, that's you know it's funny when I was uh, when I was here as a player in the summers you know you didn't necessarily 
have summer school or, or jobs or anything like that. You know, some guys maybe did, but um, I always worked basketball camps. I would just go to different places, whether it was uh, they had a camp in West Bloomfield or I'd go to, you know, I'd ask coach, uh, one of the coaches like, hey, can I go work uh, Central Michigan's camp? Or can I work at your camp at Eastern Michigan? And so I would just work camps. And so it just got fun. You know, that, you know, you you'd, first you'd just be a, a regular just helping out. But then after a while, you'd have your own team in camp mm-hmm. and you coach the little kids and, and you'd work with them and you'd, you'd correct them and talk to them. And I got excited about that. Uh, matter of fact, I still remember my first camp championship. I was so excited. <laughs> but, uh, you know, from there, uh, honestly, like when I got done, I finished school. And I had uh, student teaching left. And, and I think sometimes they have a three-year three letterman. Well, at student teaching, and student teaching required you to, um, I think the day didn't even end till three three o'clock and I couldn't get back in time for practice. So I had to make a tough decision. And coach Brown was the coach at that time. And I told him, and we talked about it. He said, Hey, I'll help you out. You need to finish your education. And that's what I did. But in the meantime, when I did that, I was actually an assistant coach at Ypsilanti Lincoln. And so that was my first kind of real coaching job there. And, um, so I had the freshman team and helped out on the varsity. And then from there, um, again, I talked to coach Brown and he said, Hey, I've got a friend. Um, he's a head coach at Hillsdale, Hillsdale college, a small school, but if you want to get into coaching, you know, it might be a way. I said, Oh, great. I would like to try that. So I went down and interviewed and um, he offered me the job and paid a wealthy $300 a month. So <laughs> that was how I got in and I continued that, you know, that was NAI division two. And I, I ended up going division three at Albion. I went to Wayne state back home. Uh, and then I got my first uh, job. And the interesting thing, uh, going from Wayne state to Bowling green uh, at the time, um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but uh, it was actually a pay cut to go from Wayne State to Bowling Green as an assistant coach. I was the third assistant, but uh, I got to know Jim Larinaga and, and Jim probably, you know, and, and all the other coaches, Mike Turner or, or Ron Hammy, those guys were phenomenal. But Jim really helped me understand the business side of basketball, college basketball, and that is how to network, how to build relationships, how to, um, you know, hone and, and, and develop your, 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 your craft. And and working with guys and, you know, just all those different things. He was just a, he knew what he, you know, he's just a veteran. And so he actually helped me when the Michigan state job opened up and, um, you know, we, uh, we talked about, it was like one of my kind of inspirational jobs. Like I really want to go to Michigan state. Like that's magic Johnson played there and you know, all the different guys. And I really like, that was like a dream job as assistant coach. And, um, I don't know if you guys know this story. It's a crazy story. I don't know if you want me to tell you, you guys got time. I was going to say, I've heard a story uh, that you would have given your right arm to coach at Michigan it's state. It's true. It's true. So what happened? And, and Tom had time, this was Tom's, uh, second year. So he had had one year under his belt and, and it's not, Stan Joplin took the job at Toledo. And um, so it opened up a position on his staff. And so he had several other guys, uh, Charlie Coles and uh, Milton Byrne was a strong candidate. So I was probably like third or fourth choice. I wasn't even, I don't think I was the first choice or second. And um, so Jim and I got together and he says, Hey, look, Stan, you know, if you want to climb in this business, you have to do something that separates yourself from other people. You know, everybody's calling, somebody's writing letters, you know, all those different things, but what can you do that makes you different? And so uh, we thought about it. And, and so, we came, came with this idea. I ran it by coach. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to go to a store. I'm going to get, you know, find a mannequin. I'm going to see if I can get the right hand off the mannequin, put it in a box, you know, put a bunch of paper around it, put a note in and said, coaches, oh, I'll give my right arm to be your assistant coach. Mailed it, sent it up to FedEx. He got it. He laughed. He called. I couldn't even get a phone call back before that. <laughs> Finally got a phone call back after that. Like just the laugh. But I, you know, that, that was kind of, and I'm not sure that got the job done, but it, I think it woke his eyes up knowing that, Hey, Stan's going to go the extra mile, uh, to, 
to fight for a recruit or to do a scouting report or whatever. He's going to do that extra work. And so that's the story of how I got to Michigan Have State. Have you ever asked what became of that arm? <laughs> I should ask Tom one of these days what happened to that arm. See if he's got it in the back it, it actually, closet. Actually, when I got the job, he it was in the storage. I saw it. I don't know where it is now, but it was there when I got the job. It was in the, in the back hiding out. I think he kept it there just to make fun and have some fun with me. Every place you go, you pick up something, you learn something, a piece of it. What have you been able to take kind of along the road, climbing those ranks? I mean, being at the high school level and then going Division Two, Division Three, and now at the highest level, you can't. You won a national title. You won a G League title. How have those experiences maybe changed you over the years? I think, I, you know, what I've learned is you're always evolving as a coach, Um the game t- tends to change a little bit. You know, when I first started out, it was, you know, you played around your big guys, you threw it inside, you, you know, beat people up. And, you know, then the game all of a sudden became a little bit more open and, 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 and spacing and driving kick and playing fast, playing with pace and high energy and all those things. So, you know, as a coach, I just think you're always evolving. And I, I promise you, I mean this to my heart, I probably have learned more basketball in the last four years than the previous, I don't know, 26 years of my coaching uh, just because the NBA is just so far advanced in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, to answer your question, um, every single coach I've been around, there's something I grabbed from them that said, oh, wow, I, you know, I, I want to do that. You know, whether it's, hey, if we're going to, you know, full court press, you know, hey, this is the way I like what he did. You know, if we were, you know, our man to man, here are our schemes, you know, and they've changed. Like I used, my teams at South Florida uh, were exceptional defensively. I actually probably have the, still the record in the Big East for, for defense. But my philosophy now defensively is, has some similarities, but it's adjusted from my experience the last four years of how I see the game. And the game's changed a little bit. So you're always evolving. You know, there's different things. Tommy Izzo's rebounding is, is off the charts. His teams are phenomenal rebounding-wise. Um, you know, Jim Laranega is a great pick-and-roll type coach. He loves to play in that. So there's a lot of different coaches that pick things up from. And so, you know, when you watch this, you'll see a collection of different guys that have impacted my okay. coaching. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that about Tommy Izzo's rebounding. There's always the stories you hear about him putting his players in football pads and making them rebound. I was there. I know that I you <laughs> have uh, already had some great interactions with Coach Creighton. He was here yesterday for your press conference. You guys uh, did some nice photo shoots together. Have you talked to Coach? Are you thinking about maybe grabbing some pads over there from the uh, SAPC and setting up your guys? Uh, you know, I think this generation nowadays, if you did that, they would they would call. They would make a phone call. And, hey, the coach is crazy around here, but oh, we'll we'll do some rebounding things. We'll 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 be a good rebounding team. Um, I don't think I'll do the football pads. That was a that was a one time hit. Now that was a one time hit when I was there. It may have happened again later on, but uh, I do remember that clearly when we did that. And the guys were like, at first they were shocked, and then all of a sudden, you, I mean, you got guys. You got Mateen Cleese. We had Charlie Bell. We had I mean, we had some guys. So after a while, they're like, okay, fine, let's go at it. You know, they they had that kind of mindset. I was like, okay, we're gonna do this. So, but uh, that that was a, that was an interesting day. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned a lot Mateen Cleves, Jason Richardson, those coach those players that you coached, and, and so many. Other like them that you've had throughout your career. And I'm interested to go back to kind of that Michigan theme specifically, when you think about even 20 years ago, how important it was to get guys out of Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, those areas have been such hotbeds for basketball, but we've seen this kind of revel, uh, you know, change and evolution into a lot more travel. AAU kids are going out West to play at different schools, but 
I know you still think there's a lot of talent that needs to be brought in from this home state too. Oh, I really do. I really do. And, and I think if you just, you just look around the back, you know, I think one of the better players at Bowling Green is from Michigan, Toledo. Uh, there are guys and there's guys that have gone out of state. And uh, as you mentioned, and I think that's the the tricky part. Like there are kids that, that literally should be playing in, in one of the high schools in Detroit or Flint or whatever it may be, but they've chosen for their senior year, they're going to go out to Mount Verde or they're going to go out West to a prep school or this, that, and the other East coast. And so those are guys we still got to track because it doesn't mean they don't want to come back and play at home. It just meant that for whatever reason, they felt like their high school experience might be better their senior year somewhere else. So that, that, kind of puts a little bit of a, 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 a of a different approach to how you want to recruit but we do need to build a uh, you know create a blanket around the state of Michigan um, we need to make sure that uh, we're uh, very visible uh, we're, we're out and about we see the coaches we see the players we evaluate very strongly who's a good fit for what we're trying to do and uh, so that's extremely important that we that's the first target area that we go after uh, we do want to be a team that uh, you know kind of builds the program from 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 the roots up starting with the the high school guys up trying to get the freshmen and, and develop a program that way but that doesn't mean you know the transfer portal or the junior college route doesn't mean like if you need to have a void on your team and you feel like hey this guy could could fill that void and he's the right guy and he's got the intangibles that doesn't mean you don't utilize that situation and that's how i approach that here with stan heath head men's basketball coach at eastern michigan on the eastern insider podcast you look at it your kent state roster was littered with guys that had eastern michigan connections either family or played here you think of a guy like antonio gates who was actually here and and you've been a part of that you've seen guys that have been a part of it how important is it to to get your players to know the history of a program and where they've been i know at 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 arkansas and south florida that was important to you but how how important is it to get these guys here here now knowing what the legacy of EMU basketball is? Well, I, you know, I'll, and I'll, that's just two ways to answer that question. I'll answer them both ways. Number one, um, I, uh, my, my early job at Michigan State, one of the first, the very first year I was there, it's summer. And I go into just kind of look and see if the guys are getting ready to play open gym, peek in, pick out, and Magic Johnson's in there, you know, Steve Smith's in there, Eric Re- or Sean Respert, Eric Snow. I'm like, what the heck? And and those guys, that's what, you know, after a while, I was like, those guys come back. You know, even to this day, I talk to Tom Draymond, comes back. Those guys come back. And it's one, they want to work on their games. And two, they want to have an impact on the younger players that are there and, and talk to them, spend time with them, help them understand and learn and, and grow. And, and that's how the family bond is built within your program. And that's what we have to create here. And and, and, I, and my, my teammates, uh, former players, we're all itching at the bit to create that atmosphere. And I think it's my job to reach out, connect and, you know, make sure that those guys know they're welcome, which they are, that I want to hear. I want to talk to them. I want them to talk to my guys. I want them to spend time. I want them to interact, all those different things. Uh, so that's that's one of the things that really pulled me in this direction. Uh, it wasn't the fact that, um, you know, hey, I just wanted to be here. No, I, I, I want to be here. But I had teammates. I had people I know from Eastern Michigan. It's like, hey, Stan, we, we really want you here. We need you here. And we want to be connected to the school and all those different things. So that was kind of, it was kind of a group thing of, Hey, let's let's do this together. So this isn't a Stan Heath one man show. This is Stan Heath and former players and current players and 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 alumni and and students. That's it's a it's a group effort, and I'm just trying to kind of make sure that we're all heading in the right direction to get it done. A lot of times that also takes the people above you to to buy into your vision and be on the same page as you. How important is it knowing that Scott Weatherby, your athletic director, and and 
President Smith are oh. are heavy buy-ins and and on the same lockstep and, and focus that you are. Well, that that's what seals the deal. You know, I, I'm not here if if I don't feel really comfortable and and feel like our university is in great hands and with the right people. And and so that that sealed the deal for me. I said, hey, these you know they get it. They get it. They 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 really want this university. They they care about it. Uh, they want greatness in this university, and they're willing to make a commitment uh, to see that we can get things done. So uh, I was sold. I you know Scott was phenomenal, and I, I had no problem. I was actually pleased that you know he took his time. He he vetted through all the different guys, and he taught. He didn't just do it on his own. I mean, he was talking to former players. He was talking to people on campus. He was talking to Coach Creighton. Uh, he was talking to Coach, Coach Castro. So he was talking to everybody uh to make sure like he got input and 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 then he came to his decision and kind of even bounced it off some other people hey i'm down to these two or three guys what do you think what do you think what do you think and so i, I don't you know you'd have to ask scott but i know it was his final decision but the input he got i thought it had a tremendous impact on what he and i think his gut was was this this way but i feel like at the end of the day you know everybody else in it was like hey you know what this is this is the right guy this is the right fit and so i'm very appreciative of that and i think those guys are fantastic at what they do and then scott got a box on his front door from FedEx overnight. He opened it. It was a left hand. So <laughs> coach already got rid of his right hand about 20 years ago. Now he's got, he got left. the left hand. Exactly. But good thing he doesn't have to dribble I, anymore I, as a coach. He I, can I, just I wasn't giving away my firstborn. So that, that wasn't uh, happening. <laughs> coach, you know, you know, one of the great things about this show is if you're doing another radio show or if, or if you're talking to Greg when he's in his broadcasting role, we don't have to do that on, on the Eastern Insider. We're full on okay with the fact that this is about the most biased show you're <laughs> good, ever going to be good. a part. We you like know, that. We, we totally like talk that. Eastern, all things, all the time. And of course, we love our, our university and our department. So that is why, for me, I'm happy to say, you know, not only when you talk about building that program, you talk about some of the alums that you want to bring back, the George Gervins, the Grant Long, Grant the Earl, Earl Boykins, and, and so on. Earl Higgins was here yesterday, even. Fred to, Cofield, to, Jack Brusewitz. Exactly. There's, the list goes on and on. But then you pair that with the facilities you have here at the convocation center, the education that you can get at Eastern Michigan. And from my standpoint, I've always known I went here, but that's got to be all of those assets together have to be huge, especially when you're, let's just put it, frankly, you're trying to out recruit kids from the state to come here over a Western and a central. There's no way you can tell me those schools have better opportunities than what we have here. You've got to feel the same way. I, absolutely. I feel the same way. Exactly. And I, and I think I can speak to it very clearly uh, to young people that uh, are interested in Eastern Michigan. So uh, I think we've got a great university to sell, a great basketball program to sell. There's very few, um, you know, programs that rival the history that we had in the past and some of those names you mentioned and uh, the success those guys had, not just here, but uh, when they finished playing here in, in the NBA or the professional ranks. So, and, and so many guys that, that, that you don't even talk about that. Maybe it wasn't athletics when they got done, but they went into business. They went into education, uh, what Eastern Michigan did for them uh, beyond uh, the, the sport itself. One of the first recruiters recruiting jobs you're going to have to do, though, is recruiting players that are already on this roster. And I know you've talked about that and how important that's going to be. You've done this a time or two. What are some of the challenges that you face when having to recruit guys that are here and already have a vision of kind of what the program is to them, but also starting to mix that with what the program needs to look like in your eyes? You'd be surprised how I recruit, uh, you know, the guys here. And if you ever grab them, grab them. I'm, I'm brutally, brutally honest with them. I don't promise anything. You get what you deserve. If you're good, you're going to play. If you're good, I'm going to put you in a position to be successful. Okay. But 
if, you know, I'm not going to tell you, Hey, I'm giving you 30 minutes. You're going to get 20. None of that's going to ever happen. But that's comforting for the guys in a way too, because you're, you're telling them it doesn't matter if you were here with a different coach, you're, you're on an even even playing field with me. You're, you're uh, uh, an Eagle is an Eagle, you know, whether I brought you in or you, whether you're here, you know, once we've kind of made this decision that you're in, you're in like, don't, you know, it's your job to beat whoever comes in out. That's your job. That's, that's just the way it is. But I'm not going to say, I, this is guy I brought in. So he's going to, I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. And I've told them that very clearly. So, you know, I think the good thing is if the guys who will be here, they know, Hey, I've got to work. I've got to earn what I get. And that's just life. And the guys aren't here. That's not what they wanted. And that's not a good fit for me. So I'm okay. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'm good. One of the big things that every player wants is a, a, a offense that really fits their style. I know you've talked about it a lot. You, you want to run an up, up tempo style and be exciting and really trap and press and do a lot of different things. When you look at that, and the community hears that we've seen them come out for high school games here. They haven't come in out quite as much for the Eastern games in recent years. Right. How do you start to to let them know this is, this is your program. This is an Ypsilanti community that basketball hungry. We've seen it over the years. How do you start getting them to know that it's not yeah. your, your same old basketball you've seen for the last 15, 20 years? Well, I think it's, it starts with things like this, just, just, you know, getting the, getting the information, the message out into the community. I think it starts with uh, myself, uh, t- players, uh, getting out into the community and, uh, having those kind of conversations and putting out the marketing things, ideas and thoughts. And, uh, you know, whether it's getting into the schools, I think a big thing we've got to try to do is get into schools and get the younger kids here and create an environment where the younger kids want to come. The families want to come. It's a family night. It's a big deal in the community of Ypsilanti to come to an Eastern Michigan basketball game. Uh, and then we've got to excite the students. You know, you, you'd love to see a student base in here and we got to give them a name, figure out a name and, and give them a little section so they can be rowdy and, and uh, make things a little bit crazy in here too. So uh, it, it's our job to, 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 to kind of create it and talk about it and get the message out there. Then we got to have action. We got to do it. Right. You know, we got to show them like, Hey, you know, it may be the first game is, you know, the crowd isn't what we want, but then all of a sudden they saw what they need to see. And they're like, they bring a friend the next time they bring a couple of friends the next time. And it just grows and grows and grows. So we got to have the snowball effect where, you know, when you're a little kid, you had the snowball, you roll it and it keeps building. And that's what we got to do. How do you balance the scheduling philosophy as well? Knowing that you want to test your program, but you also want to build confidence with, with the guys on the court as well. Yeah, I, I literally, uh, I, I've seen a little bit of the scheduling on my desk. I haven't even touched it because I want to kind of get the roster in place so I can have a good mind of, 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 you know, what the schedule should look like. But that I think the balance is the key. And I think it's like you say, you have to test your team. Uh, you have to also build confidence for your team. Uh, you have to be able to try to win when maybe you're not quite playing at the level you want to play because you're not quite there. You're still putting things in place. Um, but you ultimately have to be prepared for the conference play. So that balance of, you know, here, here and somewhere in the middle is something we have to do. And, you know, one of the things we want to do is, is, is create some rivalries and some interest from maybe some of the schools in the area, whether it's a Detroit and Oakland or, you know, some, some of these schools that there may be two hour, three hour radius. So, you know, you get a little bit of excitement about, Hey, we're playing such and such. They're not in conference, but man, it's a, it's a good little, good little rivalry the game that we got. So we'll have some of those games as well. Let's talk a little bit about the department as a whole and the, and the programs that 
you want to work with. I know some head coaches have the philosophy of my program, my lane, I'm going to do everything I can to get it built. But I know you're somebody who has already, like we talked a bit about a little bit earlier, has had the conversations with Coach Creighton, wants to develop that relationship with Coach Castro and all the other head coaches on staff, because it's important to build this as a university, as a Absolutely. whole department, right? Well, our relationships are, are so important. I, I've told, you know, both of the, both Coach Creighton and Coach uh, Castro, um, you know, I'm Hey, I'm here, you know, whatever I can do to help. And, and they said vice versa. And, um, and I mean, it's the bottom of my heart. I, I want football to be great here. And I want women's basketball to be great here. I want our players to go to their games. I want them to come to our games. I think it starts with athletics, supporting athletics first. I really do. That's like, like the first foundation. We all have to support each other. You know, I don't care if it's soccer or whatever it is, we all have to try to support each other. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, football is already doing a terrific job and women's basketball as well too. But, you know, I think they obviously have more goals and they want to reach and we want to help. We want to be right there. Well, you mentioned soccer. I, you, I don't know if you've met Scott Hall yet, the head coach of soccer, but you'll, it's like a time machine. He's the only coach on staff that was actually in his position when you were at Kent State. Oh my so goodness. He's been here in that long. So. He must have won a lot of games. But, yeah, he has. And he, it really does, though, have that just that intangible benefit. When when the university, when other teams are doing well, it helps every sure team does. here. Sure does. Well, it just creates the buzz, the enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, I think those kind of things, you know, permeate around campuses and enthusiasm, excitement. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that this university has that chance where, you know, everybody's kind of feeding off each other. Like, oh, I can't wait till the winter start sports get going. Can't wait till the spring sports get going. Can't wait for this because we're all just feeding off of each other's energy. And, um, you know, it's, it, uh, like I said, the support of each other is the most important thing. Well, and when you were in the Mac earlier at Kent State, around those late 90s, early early 2000s, basketball was rolling in the Mac. And, and since then, there's been a transition where football's become very very prevalent, but lately too, basketball has, has been just as impressive, whether you look at the Buffaloes of the world, sure. the Toledos of the world. I mean, this is high level basketball that oh, yeah, gets absolutely. played in this conference. I know you've been away from the conference all over the country, but I also know that you've followed it. And you, so you see things like those, those great basketball teams, the emergence of the Maction brand, and really to the point now where I think it's safe to say the Mac probably of all the group of five conferences is maybe the most kind of well-known, at least on the national scale or, or prevalent with the brand. How important of a tool is that to be able to tell a kid, Hey, you're not just coming to Eastern Michigan, a, a great school, a great chance to play basketball, but you're going to be a part of a conference that really right. has proven that it can elevate you to the next level. Right. Well, that's, that's how it was, you know, when I was playing in this conference, uh, when I was playing in this conference, I mean, Ron Harper, Dan Marley, mm-hmm. Grant Long for us. I mean, there were Gary, Tr- and then later on, it was Gary Trent, Antonio Daniels, you know, Earl, Derek Dow, or Boykin. Uh, I mean, it was so many guys, Bonzi Wells. And so that was the league I was accustomed to. I mean, it was just great basketball and high, high level players. And I think, you know, the, the, the coaching has been phenomenal in this league. There's been terrific play where teams have gotten into the tournament. They've advanced, they've beaten people. And so, you know, the, 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 the you know, the country's on notice, like the Mac is for real. And it's always been the biggest fight. And, and that's the part that's so, you know, disheartening in some ways. Like this is a two bid league. This is not, or more, this is not a one bid league. And we've got to figure that out. I know women's basketball has done a great Great job with their scheduling to, to figure that out and get a couple teams in, and we've got to do the same as a men's uh, group uh, because uh, we have the we have the play to do it. You know, scheduling plays a part of that, and just kind of the national recognition as well too. And we've got to fight to get to where we get multiple teams in because it's not. You know, I, I I feel for Toledo. You know, they have a great season, and yet you know Ohio and Ohio is like the master of finishing fourth and, and getting into the. <laughs> they, in 2012, they, they did that and they beat me. I'm still mad about that game, but in like the the round of 32, but. Um, 
you know, I, I just feel like both Ohio and Toledo should have been in, and that's the way it should be. Final couple of moments here with Stan Heath. I know Alex and I have a, a couple of last questions I want to get on your brain, but you look, the trend has been is co- people coming back home. You look like a guy at Jeff Bowles. He wins at Ohio this year and gets a MAC championship. You, you look down the road, Michael Uger at, at Bowling Green. It, it's been guys coming back home and, right. and coming full circle. I know sure. when I met with you last week on the day you, you signed your papers, it was I, my question to you, did you ever see this coming or think about it? But it, it again, it, it's a special moment to come back home and how important it, it is to want to win when you're back at home. Well, you're, you're right. I've, I've always thought about this. I really have. I mean, I, you know, I, I told you guys I really wanted the job in 2002. So that's how long I've been thinking about it. like, well, man, it didn't happen. Well, maybe then, but eh, now I'm over it here. I'm not going to go then. So, but the timing just fit perfectly this time. Um, you know, it's important to win. Uh, it's, I didn't come here just to be here. I came here to win at the highest level. And uh, I think we're all in this together. We're rolling up our sleeves and we know we've got some work to do, but um, I don't see any reason why we can't. I don't see any reason why we can't do it soon. Um, I know that's easy. I know that's conversation that's talk, but it's not like I haven't done this before either. So it's, I've had experience doing this. So it's not easy. I'm not saying it's a done deal, but we're going to, we're going to work to get there. And um I think once we do, uh, everybody's going to feel, you know, that excitement, that enthusiasm and that pride in your university. Well, and this move isn't just one that brings you back home. It's also a big deal for your family. I know that your dad still lives just right up the road. I was talking to your, your wife yesterday and she told me she's from the west side of the state yep. in covert Michigan. My response to that was that's an ironic name for a city because I'd never heard of it. I'm born <laughs> and raised in Michigan. I know your mother-in-law is still out right. that way. Right. And now you've got, a, but you've got kids of your own that, that are down in Florida you've got a couple of grandkids, but how excited is it? Is it for you, even if they stay down in that area to be able to bring them up here and, and give oh, them and some of these things so and show much, them around so campus much, where, so much. where grandpa and where dad oh, yeah. I mean, really, you really know, made his life. One of the things I think that uh, you struggle with as a, you know, as, as a, as a coach or as, you know, just as a father, um, when your job is moving around the country is, you know, how it affects your kids. And my, my kids aren't kids anymore. It one's 29, one's 25. And, you know, they don't necessarily grow up. They, I mean, they, the phone call is great and, um, you know, holidays are great, but you know, I grew up where I saw my grandparents every Sunday. We had Mm -hmm. Sunday dinner at the table, you know, or or more. I mean, we saw more, but Sunday, every week we were going to see each other, if not more. And my kids didn't have that. And so I always kind of wrestle with that, you know, with with how life is kind of moved me around in different directions. So to see the fact that now we have the ability to, uh, to live here. Uh, my kids can come visit here. They can go see their grandparents on both sides of the state. Um, you know, that's that's great. I, I, I feel so good about that. And my older son, Jordan, we talked about that like, hey, you know, his kids, he's got, we've got a four-year-old granddaughter, Zola, and, and Zeke is my one-and-a-half-year-old grandson. And they get a chance to now see their great-grandfather and their great-grandmother and, um, you know, experience Michigan where they've pretty much always grown up only in Florida. So, you know, that, that really makes me feel good. And, and so the, you know, when you bring that up along with the combination of other things we've talked about, it's a no brainer for me. This was great. This is a great deal. One of the things that Alex and I, as we'll get you out of here on this, we, we talk about coming home and there are always things that you miss when you leave campus for a while. For Alex, he loves Dom's. He loves to go to Dom's and go to the, the get his donuts or, <laughs> or go to sidetrack or wherever. Where, what, what stood out in Ipsy that you were like, wow, I can't wait to get back there. Is there a restaurant? Is there a place that you're like, I, I, I can't. Uh, I, I mean, I, Spaghetti Bender was kind of the thing back yeah. when, when you were a student. That's long gone. But what, what was the like, I got to go hit up. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny. I was with when my wife came in yesterday. Um, I told her, I said, I said, 
I don't know how, how it is now, but it still exists. But our first date was at the Cottage Inn. And I said, I said, we got to try it just to kind of see what it's like. I have no idea if it's the same, if it's different, but that was our very first date. So that's the place we're going to try out as soon as we get settled in. It's still good. It's still, still good. good. Good to know. And good to know. one thing you'll learn about us as we'll certainly have you on the show more and more, especially as basketball season starts to roll around is it's literally, we've never gone through an episode without asking a food question. So you've <laughs> got to be ready for that. I mean, of course, of course, the listeners can't see me, but they know enough of me to know what I look like. And Greg, Greg can throw down too. So that's. So that's a huge part of our show. And so I, I've got to ask the question that you've probably been asked a thousand times in your life. And I know it's it's just cliche and awful to, awful to ask, but I'm going to do it anyways. Tell me, does Stan Heath like Heath bars? Can you open one up and pop, put it down? <laughs> I love a Heath bar. I love a Heath bar. <laughs> Absolutely. See, we'll have to talk to administration. We're going to have to get some Heath bars getting sold in the go. Convocation Center next year. Coach, appreciate your time. Welcome home from two alums. We're happy to have you back here and can't wait to, to see you continue to reinvent invigorate this program. Uh, thanks, Greg. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it and look forward to doing more of these. There he is, head coach Stan Heath. Alex and I will put a bow on this episode right after this break. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.